Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel on SEN Track. Text us on 0499 736 736. I love who I see uh, looking at me in the mirror sometimes, but uh, I love who I'm talking to even more. Friday Form Panel and a very special edition. Uh, hi, John. There's a few people from the SEN uh, Christmas party last night I never saw because I was working until then. I'm sorry, guys, but lovely to see you. But uh, this man is going to discuss an amazing program of harness racing at Tab Corp Park. Melton tomorrow night with me as he does every Friday these days. Dan Lucky, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, uh, Jason. Well, it's a shame you missed the Christmas party. I, 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 I miss mine. The, the workers, they don't figure what race meetings are on and what work some of the other people do. But nonetheless, it keeps us sprightly for the big occasions like uh, like tomorrow, I suspect. But we like, like, we identify as the warriors, don't we, Dan? So it's, it's almost, it makes you feel better almost. Yes, I am the, I'm, I'm in the, I'm in the trenches uh, but I must admit, it was a little bit, uh, it was a little bit narky to miss it last night. But that's okay. Uh, there was a bit going on. There was also a great uh, function uh, held by Betfair that uh, was going through the Inter Dominion series and had the the punters there caught up with them for a short time afterwards. And I just love, I, I, you know, I just love talking about racing. You know, you're out and people are giving their ideas of what's going to happen in these finals and right across the program. And people are saying, no, this will definitely happen. And you're going, I don't know about that. <laughs> and that's what we're going to do um, this morning. It's it's magnificent. I mean, I'll tell you what, though. I don't I don't think there's hardly anything that I d- could declare uh, tomorrow night, particularly in those big finals. There's nothing that I could say like there's no chance this won't happen, and I'd say you're the same. Yeah, I oh, look totally. As much as the market have got the horses uh, in the right order, I'm not sure if some of the prices are correct, and um, I, I still think there's a lot of different scenarios that could play out, particularly in the pacing final. Um, maybe less likely in the trot, but they were the two races we often talk about. The tougher races we leave to last, and that's how I ended up with both of those races. I wanted to try to be as right as I could possibly be. Um, however, um, I was still coming up with little scenarios that 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 could play out. So um, I found some best bets and and the like throughout the course of the meeting, but they weren't in the two feature races. They there's value everywhere. I think a couple of people, you know, it, it's a little bit like the um, the spring carnival. If you're a thoroughbred person, somebody comes up and says, have you got any tips um, or the footy or if that's supposed to be your expertise. And I've had people coming up to me all week going, who are the morals for Saturday night? And I'm like, I'm sorry. Um, come to me 50 Saturdays a week and I'll, and I'll find you a couple of morals. Not, not, not the Saturday night. There's, the races are just too tough, but... There's value everywhere, I think. And we'll start with race one on the program. Um, I'm hoping you're in alignment with me here. I, 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 I'm looking at this Gordon Rothkin Memorial Championship final and thinking to myself, I, we overcomplicate things as punter sometimes, and I can understand why people would be looking at the Emma Stewart runners and Stravinsky um, first up for the camp. They can often dramatically improve. We saw that uh, with Polly put kettle on at one point. Polly put kettle on's also there. Uh, was she disappointing? She did some work. Um, found the front in the first set of the series last weekend and was run down. I'm just believing in what I saw with my eyes that Julia Shadow 
is the best horse in the race. But I kind of felt that might be the case even leading in to this series. And you always talk about, Dan, how difficult it is to win at Metropolitan level uh, first up from a break. Well, he did it, and now he's got to be improved by the run. I've given my dissertation here, my little oratory. Are you with me or against me? Um, Half. I'm sitting on the right side of the fence with you, but I, I've, I've, I've looked outside the Emma Stewart pair. Um, I, I couldn't have Stravinsky uh, on what I saw last week. Polly put Kettle on could absolutely have. Look, I thought there was three winning chances. One of them is the horse that you like, Julia Shadow. Um, but the one that I was keen on is Serge Blanco. Um, I, I quite like the way that he won um, and won comfortably on Saturday night and he's heat of the Gordon Rothiger, um Memorial Championship. He had a cosy run and sometimes because they have barrier one and because they use the sprint lane, you think they take the softer option to victory so they don't necessarily look as impressive. But when I went back over it again, I thought, gee whiz, you won with something up hand, uh, with hand, uh, because so what loomed like it was going to win down the outside. And with the momentum it had, it's hard to imagine there was another horse that could come through even stronger, and he did. Um, well, he's got a run about five starts ago. He finished a neck behind interest-free. Now, that's the form that swayed me in his corner. So, Serge Blanco, for me, and he's each way odds. I couldn't believe... I mean, we do, we say this all the time, and, and clearly it's us. It's not them. How it happens, I don't know. But he opened $23. How long it was available, I don't know. As I said, we always miss it. He's around $7 now, fixed odds, or at least with the tab market that I'm looking at. I've got him priced at $4. I think he's a really good each way play. Uh, from Julia Shadow and Polly Put Kettle on, I think they're the three um, main chances. And the problem I had was trying to find something that might be able to run fourth. So I've come up with with So What, who I think is going well. It's an awkward draw for it, but it's going well. But I think Serge Blanco might develop into a pretty smart horse. Uh, th- when it first came over here, I thought, yes, we're on here. Um, had been trolling pretty well. And then uh, you're, you're spot on. I think sometimes people, when they see those horses uh, get that gun trail and sprint through, they don't realise, Dan, how how difficult it is to build momentum and win the way he did. So people think this is an, this is an easy run, but if you actually look through the stats right across Victoria where sprint lanes are, um, very few horses actually win. So people think that, okay, this is the cheat lane, yada, yada, yada. There are a lot of place getters, and I mean a massive preponderance of place getters, but it's very hard to win. And we'll talk about Queen Elida later and a couple of others. Actually building your momentum to win, is it's not an easy thing, and he did win very comfortably. I mean, the margin might not have been massive, but he won very comfortably, didn't he, Serge Blanco, last week? Yeah, yeah. And, and look, he, he had that interrupted preparation uh, after that second interest-free, he had just that little bit of a break. Remember, he came back, he started favourite at Melton. Clearly, things weren't right. He performed poorly. Um, he then went poorly again at Shep. Uh, he broke gear uh, at uh, at Sonatid. Um And then he just got the right draw last week. Helps him with confidence as well, um, so he can turn it around. But his form... Uh, last prep, it was good. He, he he met and performed really well against good quality horses. So I think we got the f- thought of him progressing much quicker than perhaps what he has. 
but he's had a little issues. I think he's right now. I think it's clear to say he's right now. And as good as um, uh, Julius Shadow was, and he was terrific, absolutely fantastic last week, um, it looked like the race was run at a pretty brutal tempo, didn't it? A 155.3-mile uh, rate, and rightly so. Um, if I was to say to you that Serge Blanco's time was actually quicker, 155.1, it would probably surprise a little bit because it looked like it was a much quicker run uh, race that Julius Shadow won. Uh, he's a good horse. We, we, we talked about Julius Shadow last week, how ridiculously over the odds he was. It was just a matter of being first up, and he was terrific. It's no shock that he was able to win. Maybe a surprise that he won so well under the circumstances. Um, so I'm going with a winning form. That, that's my Quinella. But Polly Putketalong's going to be very hard to beat and probably rightly be the favourite. Um, but, yeah, I think $7 is still value for Serge Blanco. Uh, this time, Julia Shadow well found at the $4, but I think you priced it a bit shorter than that. Yeah, I, uh, I, like, I, I think he's... The thing is, it, it, it wasn't a shock. Sometimes if a horse like that wins under those circumstances, there was a galloper in front, in front jumping a shadow. We'll talk about him in a moment. Fear cruising in the second race. But it wasn't a shock. I really had a great idea this was a good horse. And I did uh, tweet during the week. One of your favourite phrases, Dan, is that um, this is we're still working for a living for a reason. And I'll tell you why I am, because I marked Julia Shadow four fifty last week at open twenty six dollars and I didn't have yeah. a bet. And that's why the, that is I really delved in and that's why I'm still working. Because yeah. I mean, you just but when you mark something four dollars fifty and it comes up twenty six dollars, I've all ultimately gone ten, five, three, and eight. But I'll say this: Shorty's mate at eighty one dollars the win and twelve dollars the place. Even if you don't think you can win, you almost are duty bound. Gamble responsibly, but have something on the drum. Let's go for a break of the Friday form battle. We'll come back and talk about the Haraz Dead Trotters. Australasian Young Drivers Championship race, the ninth event, and try and find the winner. I think I think I have, and Andy Gass already told us as well. Back in a moment. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel on SEN Track. Text us on 0499 736 736. Great to hear the offspringer... Um, Getting a little kick along. I hadn't heard of them for 10 years or more. But uh, Andy Gath wasn't gone to the other night. I don't know whether any of the harness racing people were, but God bless them if they were. Now, race, race two, Dan. Um, what are our thoughts here? And how much do you even factor in the, um, the quality of the young drivers, I guess? Because quite often these races are run at breakneck speed. They are, yeah. They often are. And they're usually driving horses that have never driven before, yep. so that could go one way or the other. Um, a good bunch of drivers, uh, there's no doubt about that. And, um, you know, sometimes that's not necessarily the factor of why um, you you pick a certain horse. But, um, yeah, we've seen quality of, of a number of young drivers over a period of time from state to state. It's great to have them here, there's no doubt about that. But you're right, 22, 40 metres, if... They all think that um, their horses have got gate speed. They can, they can, uh, they could go at a pretty frantic tempo. But um, oh, look, there, there, there's a lot of quality within those uh, younger younger drivers. There's no doubt of the bunch of drivers that we've got there uh, already. We we know how good Cameron Hart, Emily Savelko are in their respective states. 
and uh, they've had a lot more experience than, than most of the others. But you can see the quality, uh, Sarah O'Reilly, very impressive, Jordan Chibnall, um, who's representing Tassie. Uh, Crystal Hackett as well, hasn't had a lot of experience, but she sits in the cart really well. Brennan Barnes has uh, had a really good career to date in, in Queensland as well. Um, Sam Thornley, what a fantastic start on Tuesday night with a double. Sam Pascoe uh, from South Australia. We see a lot of her in uh, and around Mildura as well, and, and obviously Taylor French. Uh, they're a terrific bunch, aren't they? Oh, that is... We're going to clip that up. That is uh, magnificent, just going through all of these uh, drivers. But there's, there's no doubt. There's a lot of talent here. Cam Hart is obviously the one who has uh, probably been at the top level. Emily Chevalco... Um, I don't watch enough WA harness racing these days. Well, I watch enough, but not as much as I used to. But the good judges tell me she's as good a young driver as, as has been there in a long time. But yeah. the critical key here is, and I think I've written the form comment, listening to trainers, all three coats, trainers, uh, stable hands, strappers, come up to the bar and tell you this thing's going to win. If you backed everyone, you would be definitely living in uh, Dan Malecki's bathroom after he's had a big bet, and that's the only one left, the only room. Yeah. But Andy Gath, I, you know, I, you have to respect his opinion, and he's he's shouting from the rooftops how much he likes Whiskey Cavalier. And to be honest, I think the raconteur is a really nice horse. It's Ebony and Ivory's in career best form. But if this horse, Whiskey Cavalier, is anywhere in the same postcode as what Andy Gath is telling us, then... He, in my opinion, he simply has to win, Dan. I love the way you said shouting from the, the from the rooftops that uh, he loves whiskey. And I thought, <laughs> yeah, that's me. And then you added Cavalier to it. But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, look, he knows his form and he, the, the New Zealand form. There's no doubt about that. Um, and we've got a, a little bit of a taste. Um, he, he is out of the draw, though. I mean, there's a little concern there. Or was that just an aberration on that one occasion? Um he, uh, he he won that race pretty comfortably last time at Melton. I think that race was uh, on a par with uh, the level of this race. Maybe this is marginally stronger, but at least we've got a, a decent look at Whiskey Cavalier. So I think it'll be hard to beat. I I was trying to find the right race to find something at a bit of value, and, and this was the race where I found it. Um, we both do our own prices, and when we do them, we, we usually have done those prices well before the actual prices come out. Sometimes, even we're having this conversation, not all the prices are out. Mm. For a big meeting like um, this one, they've been out for a couple of days. So uh, the horse that I found here um, was, was and, and it's at a bit of value, it's my long shot. Because we've put together uh, pieces for the Herald Sun tomorrow, we've come up with game plans, so uh, letting the cat out of the bag, so to speak. I'm, here, I'm, but I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm waiting there. I'm, 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 you're building this up. I really just, I need oh, to hear the horse. Yeah, no, I don't know. Well, I don't know if I've built Three built it up enough, but just keep in mind it's my roughie for the night, but I've actually tipped it on top because I thought it would lead. Three. And that's number three, yeah. Fear Cruising. Um, just complete forgive last week when it jumped that shadow, disassembled that field that Julia's shadow won. 
Uh, the run prior, look, it, it wasn't bad. It had the right draw, and it needs the pegs. It definitely is a much better horse than the pegs. Uh, and it ran fourth to Major Mice, so they ran really good time. A couple of others went past him. He had every chance. Uh, but this race might suit because he's able to lead or at least be able to get to the pegs, and I think that's key. He looked way over the odds. I, I had him in single figures. So I think Fear Cruising can give you a really good sight if it's able to lead. Uh, and then the horses on the back row, which are Whiskey Cavalier, quite clearly. Uh, it's Ebony and Ivory and uh, and the Raconteur. Um, I'm not a big fan of the ratings, as you well know. Yes. Um, but it's Ebony and Ivory. If you're using them as a guide, she comes in really well to this race. Yeah. But so too does Whiskey Cavalier. Sometimes I've got to scratch my head. He's already won a race at Melton and is still a 69. So... I, I don't know how that works, but he looks like he's also thrown in. So they're the two uh, on those ratings that uh, I really well placed to my eye. Whiskey Cavalier's rating's wrong, and the other horse's rating is high enough to suggest that it is uh, in a race that suits. So they're the other big chances, likewise the raconteur. So they're my four, the value within the three, a dollar a win, four dollars a place scenario. Uh, three... Uh, 10, 11, 9 were my top four, but the case that you're making for Whiskey Cavalier and for Andy Gath, just the fact that it's got whiskey in its name has got me uh, pretty keen too. And uh, Cavalier comes from Cavallo, which is... Um um, horse. Latin for horse. Um, 11, 9, 10 and 3, same top four numbers, uh, uh, different order, but on with you. I marked Fear Cruiser $9, so $16 is nearly double the price that it should be in my opinion, but... Um, I almost can't back Whiskey Cavalier because whenever uh, somebody I respect is really spruiking a horse and then you back it and then it loses, then I'm talking to Andy Gath going, what did you do to me? So I'm going to let him have his fun, <laughs> let the horse $6 win. $6 it open. Well, it is, it's staggering because I think Andy even leading up to that first up run where I think I wrote the form comment. He was like a, a 19-year-old center half 40. He, he was half a drunken sailor, didn't know what to do with his, with his body, just won on ability. And that's the little concern here and why I don't mind where you're going with Fear Cruising because a few of these might just sit back in the field saying, we're the big guns, uh, we'll fight this out. But if they all wait too long, Fear Cruising might be able to pinch the race. But like I say, I respect Andy Gath too much, so uh, Whiskey Cavalier on top 11, 9, 10 and 3 for me. Let's go for a break. Come back. We've got eight races to go, including both of this year's SEN track Inter-Dominion deciders at Court Park Melton tomorrow night on the Friday 4 panel. Welcome back to the Friday 4 panel on SEN track. Text us on 0499 736 Is that my man, George Ezra? Yeah, he's got a similar voice to me these days. Nice <laughs> indeed. Um, race three. Now, I'm intrigued as to what you've come up with here, uh, Dan, because Darren Carroll, uh, we had a little brief, very, very little brief, fleeting uh, shooting star preview with Gareth Hall uh, yesterday morning, and he was declaring Mona Mia. And I can understand why. Because uh, she's coming down like this is a dire dropping grade from the Inter-Dominion series. And she's acquitted herself, well, three duck eggs, but we'll get to another horse in the following race. It's also got three duck eggs that I quite like. The concern for me is 1,720 metres and a horse-drawn one, who's a very good leader, I think will lead called Captain Wilson. 
that hard out music is telling us we're going to have to discuss this later. But are you are you going to be with Monomir or Captain Wilson or something else? I'm a ladies' man. <laughs> he's with Captain Wilson. No, he's not. <laughs> He'll be with Monomir. We'll come back very soon. Friday form panel. Dan Maliki will. Well, he'll prosecute the case why Mona and me is going to win $2.80. I'm with Captain Wilson, but uh, it's a pretty good race. And there's another horse that, that can win called Mirakuru. But the question mark is, and we'll talk Dan about this, can Mirakuru hold up behind the leader? Because he, he can be a little bit lazy early for Steve Cleave. Back in a moment. You're listening to the Friday Form Panel with Jason Bonington on SEN Track. Avril Levine, well known as my hall pass, which is, out of everybody you can choose, it's a very, very weird decision for me, but it's been that way for some time. I'm not, I'm not going to ask you, Dan. I'm not going to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you are a ladies' man, and you're with Mona Mia. Um, there's a lot of reasons to like her. It's just overcoming that, that grandstand gate over 1,720 metres, but you believe she can do it. Well, you mentioned the drop in class. That's quite obvious. But um, she's a pretty handy mare. And believe it or not, even though she's drawn the second line, her short course form is pretty good. That that tempo seems to suit her. Um, so I think if you worked out one-on-one, uh, she's better than most of these horses. And I, I'm sure most of the other runners um, and the connections would probably agree, hoping that she might come in with uh, below-par form. But, of course, it's against the Inter-Dominion horses. There's no doubt that um, she's a sandwich short of a picnic. I mean, if she was, in human terms, she'd be chasing butterflies and in a straitjacket attended by Nurse Ratchet. Um, and that comes even from her uh, owner, Rob Orber, you know. But, but she's a very good uh, mare and she competed uh, against the top-level uh, mare. So I put her on top. Actually, it might be a, a battle of... Um, Two of our our key media personalities too, Rob Orber uh, part-owning Monomia and Adam Hamilton part-owning uh, Captain mm. Wilson. But I think they're the two. I think they're the two. 11 from one. And then uh, number four, Daylight at Dawn. It was a good winning Arrow Valley. George Shamuris drove the horse there. And initially he led and, and probably went a bit too slow. But the horse was terrific coming from behind and savaged the line. It was a very impressive win. And again, I, I refer to it all the time, a horse that hadn't won for a while. Very much a confidence booster. Now David Moran aboard. So it's in the mix. And then you mentioned Mirakuru, and I totally agree with you. It, he seems more of a star type of horse than a than a horse that can just reel off a quick quarter but he's a decent horse he's he's got a lot of ability and he would have improved from that run at uh, at Ballarat um he, his racing has been spaced so I'm sure he'll be fitter uh, I'm just not sure it's the right barrier for him but if he does hold up uh, he's got the ability for sure I'll tell you what there's even more media personality. So if you throw Steve Cleave in the mix, who does some great work on Trots Vision these days and here on SEM mm. Track, and then we can have Andy Gath, who's on Burning Questions every week. Um, yeah, it, this, this might be the um, the media first four. So sometimes you learn things. Uh, you just got to keep your ears open sometimes. Uh, Captain Wilson, you mentioned uh, Adam Hamilton, part owner. Well, I know two weeks ago at the start of the Inter-Dominion series at Ballarat, they were planning to lead and hold the lead against a horse called Jack's Hawk. Now, a few um, weird, wild, woolly things went down in that race, 
But Captain Wilson was actually pretty good still. And the fact that they were confident enough that he was ready to potentially park Jack's Hawk if he could um, and win over 1,710, this is his go. He's a short course horse. He's a leader. Uh, and that's why I, I, I'm kind of looking at it. Captain Wilson, I think, can go 53 and change in front. If Mona Mia is too good, then she's too good. But there's a benchmark sort of rating here, and that is Captain Wilson rolling along and going, I don't know, 53, 6, 53.8, something like that. Mirakuru would be um, potentially top pick for me, apart from the fact that, and uh, I hope Steve Cleave is not listening because we had a chat about it during the week, but I just went back to the replays, and he's just getting him wound up at the start and not getting him over racing, but getting his mind on the job enough to hold the back of Captain Wilson is very much a 50-50 proposition for me. And by other boy, Ryan Duffy, I've got no doubt will have in his mind, I'm going to chase out with the one and then I'm going to try and create that space and drop in on its back. And that's the problem for Mira Karu, but I think um, he can win. So one, eight and 11, the major winning chances. And look, Daylight at Dawn is flying. Greg Fleming's team, um, a blaze. Uh, I liked Orby as a as some sort of chance in the previous as well. Uh, and Sanday is a much, much better horse than what we're seeing at the moment. $21 and four twenty seems to be uh, really significant overs for me, but I'm settling on the numbers of 180, 11 and four in the third. Now, in terms of the final little entree you get before the big meal, this four-year-old race that uh, concludes the early quaddy is an absolute perladan. It is. It might be one of those little entrees that you're not sure you've eaten before and you're not sure you're going to really like it. You've got to taste it to find out. Um, <laughs> because Major Moth is first up after injury and he is so short, uh, it's not inviting. Um, you know, I always want to uh, take on the horses that are first up at Metro level probably more so when they're drawn the, the back line and, uh, and or wide, because he's not a horse that's got a lot of gate speed. He's it, it, not often pushed out of the gate, so I don't think he's got it, but there's yeah. been a couple of times where he's hustled from the start and he's been able to find his way to the top because others have got respect for his ability. But being first up, there's, there's uh, I, I suspect, I think there's a little bit of a query, uh, more more around the price. Why has he opened up as short as he did? He was a dollar forty initially, which you, you just couldn't touch with Crazy. somebody else's money. Yeah. And then he got to a dollar sixty, which I thought's way too short. He's getting out of the market now. Now he might get out to uh, a, a much bigger, better price, uh, and rightly so because there's a lot of hard fit, decent quality horses that are in this race. And I don't expect that he'll lead either. No. Um, if he was a horse that lobbed in front, you'd sort of think, uh, yep, yeah, all right, it probably makes sense. But I don't see him leading. He might have to sit without cover and he might be too good, but not at that price for me. So I, I'm, I'm taking him on to it to a little degree. And, you know, if I'm going to follow up with a Monomia um, to come out of the Inter-Dominion, um, I'm going to do the same with a horse who's got identical form. And that is Longfellow, three, three zeros. Um, but his runs actually haven't been that bad. And I've got a funny feeling here that you're going to make a pretty good case and back me up with Longfellow. And um, I think he's, he's a little underrated. He was rated highly enough by the camp to, to run in the Inter-Dominion. Um, it was just out of his depth. But this is a good race. Don't get me wrong. It is a good field uh, of, uh, of four-year-olds. But I think he fits in well. And I think he's an each-way play at the, at the odds. What's he, five, six dollars at the moment? 
Oh, I think that's value. I'd prefer to back him each way at five bucks than to back Major Moth at a dollar sixty-five. So, uh, nine on top from three. Uh, Yam Buckingham, where's he at? He was the big spruik not that long ago. He's a quick beginner and he's tough. Um, he's had a bit of a freshen. Um, and and then Luck Captain, I thought Luck Captain was terrific chasing Major Meister last start from four back to pegs. Hit the line really well over the last little bit of the race. He's a horse that's got brilliant gait speed, but showed that he can chase pretty well also. It's a decent race, um, 9378. It's a cracker. Um, I'm going to sing the song of Hiawatha. <clears throat> Henry Watersworth, Longfellow. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Like, I went through all of his Inter-Dominion runs. He has made ground on the leaders and the winners in every single heat of the Inter-Dominion. Now, he's got three duck eggs, and it's easy to underrate him, and he will need a little bit of tempo here. But he's hard fit. He's been at that level. He's dropping in grade. He is – I made him my best value of the night, and not not because he's massively over the odds, but because Major Moth is massively under the odds. Um, he, he, he was a wonderful young horse, don't get me wrong, but he was – the niggling injuries were really – uh, wearing him down uh, before he went to a break or went for a break. He's trialled solidly, but one thing we've noticed, and I reckon uh, you might have identified it on a number of occasions, there was a point, Dan, where Emma Stewart's runners were peaking first up. They're now peaking second up and beyond. So I think Major Moth will go really, really well, but he's got b- bigger fish to fry, and I think whatever he does... Tomorrow night, he'll improve upon that. No way in the world. I've marked him $2.80. So he opened $1.40. He's at $1.75. He will not start in red figures. Um, he'll keep drifting. Um, even if Emmer and Clayton believe he's going to win, I'm with you. The gate speed's not there. He doesn't uh, He doesn't lob at the front. So there's heaps of winning chances here for mine. Longfellow on top. Major Moth in for second. But Yambucky yeah, and yes. Uh, one big shoe is flying. And uh, Ricky Elton believes it's a very good horse. Idyllic has got great sit sprint claims. And before we go to a break, I'm going to give you a little stat here. LB Two Chains has been in front four times in his life. He has never, ever been defeated in front. He's actually a pretty handy horse. I know it looks like he's flatlining at the moment. Zach Phillips to take the drive. If he's in front, I haven't got him in my top five tips and at $26, you have to have something small in LB2 chains because I think you'll be able to lob there. And who knows, they might play ducks and drakes around him. We'll go for a break, come back. When we come back, when we return, we start the big stuff. The SEN Track Inter-Dominion Trotting Championship Grand Final at Group 1 level. I'll be with Queen Elida. I wonder who Dan will be. We'll find out very soon. Stick with us. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel on SEN Track. Text us on 0499 736 736. Well, it's a fun song, isn't it? But this is not fun. Trying to work out whether Mufasa Metro is going to lead and hold the lead in the 2022 SEN track into Dominion square gating decider or whether it'll hand up to Majestuoso. Now, there was a conversation last night, I think it was with Brett Carroll, as a matter of fact, who was on with Gareth Hall the, this morning, Dan, and 
I believe both the Carroll brothers are almost disgusted at the notion that Mufasa Metro would possibly hand up. Um, I'm I'm almost 50-50. What are your thoughts and how's it going to affect the race and who's going to win? Hmm. Yeah. And it, you know, look, I don't think anybody has um, any trouble sorting out. There are four yeah. primary chances here. I'm, I'm still not sure that I've gone the right way. I don't think there's a lot between them. And there's one little factor which may not be of concern, but it just worries me. When you have to write for newspapers, do tips for organisations, and you have to worry about whether the emergency from Barrier 1 gets a run or not, I, I just can't believe we're living in such dark ages. When On Monday these... night when the draws were being done and, and this happened, um, I could only think of you, Dan. Like, I, I, but I, am I, I right or, or no, wrong? No, I don't no, mind no, being no, no, wrong. As, as with everything virtually, you are 100% <laughs> spot on. It is. And you know what? It, it, so I wanted to back Queen Elida straight away. Yeah. But you can only have so you much can't on, do. can't you? Like yeah. you, 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 it, it stifles what you would want to do because yep. you, you can't know, can you? It, it, it creates confusion and that hurts the early turnover it doesn't shape the market properly. It doesn't build the momentum. You're 100% spot on. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, what I would want to see happen, when I say the, the, the emergency should be drawn outside the field, they're like an ODM horse is. They're outside the draw. Yeah. But in this case, the outside the draw horses are usually put on the back row. Put the emergency at number seven. Do it in every race in Victoria. If they're the 13th best horse to get into that race, they deserve to have the worst gate. I don't think anyone would have a problem with that. We'd get used to it easily. It's not going to affect the pre-post betting. Um, these markets have been out since when the barrier draws, so Monday evening. How can you bet when the emergency's won? Mm. We're all predicting that it'll be scratched. But when it's not, it just changes everything up, doesn't it? And even with the Pacers final with Torrid St. from Barrier 1, I, I just we've got to get out of that habit. It, there are so many people I know, myself included, that uh, won't have a bet with the emergency in the field. Not only does it uh, stuff up your, your map and your plan, anything that we might write or tip, it's out the window. And... There are deductions. A horse that's drawn one, if it's mm. drawn the back row or barrier seven, could be a genuine 30-to-one shot. Because they've drawn one, they can often be a quarter of the odds because they're going to get a good gate. So deductions then apply. It's it's a no-go zone. I'm surprised we've, we've uh, held on to this for so long. Anyway, we've uh, revisited that on a number of occasions. Um, when we voiced our disapproval previously, it's fallen on... Um, well, say deaf ears, but um, maybe ignorant ears more so than deaf ears. Yeah. People have got to understand what, what, what we're talking about. Uh, the right people need to understand what we're talking about to absorb what we're talking about. Anyway, uh, I think Mafasa Metro can lead. It's funny because both horses, Majestuoso and Mafasa Metro, if we're looking at them being the horses to dispute the early lead, they can both throw in a rough stride or two. They're not dissimilar with the way that they can trot up to the gate. Um, so it will be interesting. The one thing about Majestuoso, if he doesn't lead, I'm thinking, sorry, if he doesn't lead, if he ends up sitting parked, um, you would think that Just Believe Greg Sugars is going to make a move at some stage, maybe at the mile. So he might only be exposed for much of the first lap if he doesn't cross Mufasa Metro. Tactically speaking, if you let Majestuoso go, 
is Queen Elida three back the pegs? Or is Chris too smart and get off the pegs early? I, I'm not sure. That, that Look, there's going to be a fair income game of cat and mouse. Or there could be. There could be. Um, I just, in the end, I thought Just Believe has been, he's definitely three lengths better than last year and he was placed in an Inter-Dom Grand Final. So I'll stick with a horse that I believe is in, in great form, in the, in the best form of his career. Um, so 12 on top. Um, from two Mufasa Metro, six Majestuoso, eight Queen Elida. So it's 12, two, six and eight. You could jumble that order all the way around. I don't think there's anything between the four of them. They could be stretched across the track with 20 metres to go and any one of the four could win, I think. Um, I agree with that. Um, but I, 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 I'm still putting them in two tiers. I think Queen Elida, clearly on top. Majestuoso, the major danger, and then the, then the other two. So 8, 6, 12, and 2 for me. We've spoken about the two scenarios. Uh, if Mufasa Metro leads, I think Queen Elida isn't immoral, but is not that far off. Uh, like, she's got push-button speed. I went back and watched one race. Sprint lane? Yeah. I, I went back and watched, um, uh, I think it was a need for speed, um, Princess Heat, and she was uh, behind the leader and uh, and got held up. And I actually thought of her as you got to go through your gears a little bit. Uh, but she's got push button speed. She, I think she'll go straight past them if she's behind the leader, as long as Mufasa Metro gets her there, which he should under those circumstances. If he hands up to Majestuoso, I think Majestuoso. Now, I mean, let's be really clear here. If this race, if you saw this composition of field. Um, six months ago, Dan, Majestuoso would be red figures. And his first two runs in this ID were only okay, but Andy told us to keep the faith. I still don't think he was at his best on night three of the Inter-Dominion, but he was close enough that if he leads here, the 550's overs for me. Uh, just believe. I would love to see him do it because we've all kind of watched Just Believe um uh, he was, he's been flawless through the series, but he's won out in front. And I'll tell you what, we will have a different opinion of this horse if he can come from there and win the Inter-Dominion series. And I think Greg Sugars would like us to have a different opinion of him because he really rates the horse. I, and I think he's growing in confidence that um, he can sweep the series and number two, Mufasa Metro. I've still got those little doubts whether he's a genuine stayer. And that means... I'm worried if he leads in this pressure, that that will make it hard for him to win. And if he hands up to Majestuoso, I don't know how he runs past him. So that's the reason that I've got him fourth mm. pick. But I, I, I totally agree that um, there's four winning chances. Quickly, not to mention the war, but one more time, one more time quickly. Imagine anywhere Hugo was um, a very unlucky horse not to make the final and was one of the big players and was like a $9 chance. That's yeah. that's 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 what makes that whole situation worse, isn't it? That yeah. it actually the corruptibility and you know we do so much to try and make integrity elite in harness racing and in racing generally and in sport. But if he was it, for some reason, this is a horse who had um, galloped and was one of the major players who was an emergency. Well, he would get a run somehow, wouldn't he? And I, I, I'm, I'm trying to be as diplomatic about that as yeah. I can be, but he would get a run, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, he would. Um, and then you might think it changes up Queen Elida's chances. The Correct. truth is, 
I think she'd be a better chance knowing that she'd be three back the pegs because Chris would definitely get off then, you know, uh, get away from the pegs. But uh, it just changes your whole scenario at the last minute. You know, what, what's the point of having a barrier draw, a, a field to bet on for six days, and then the barrier draw changes on race morning? Now, I know it can happen with any scratching, but when it's an emergency, it's a 10 to 1 or a $1.10 shot. The emergency's probably going to come out. So it's... Uh, it's going to affect the betting significantly and with deductions. In this case, 101 shot, but barrier one, if he's in the field, it, it changes it a lot. Um, and I think a lot of people get surprised. Not everyone sees the E next to a horse's name when they're looking at pre-post markets. Uh, and going back to your original point, uh, sometimes discussing it, it with people, even trying to get them to understand the fundamentals is hard enough. It's like Billy Madison, you've got to take him back to <laughs> prep virtually and then work from there. Um, I'll tell you what, the Inter-Dominion Constellation is almost the race of the night. Like, it is unbelievably good because pretty much every horse in the field has performed well on at least one of the three nights. Yeah. I've tipped like a wildfire, but I cannot believe how short it is. It's been mm. five into $2.60. I could make... If we were in a debating team, you and I, Dan, I think, by the way, I think we'd absolutely destroy it. Um, <laughs> as I long could, as we're in a team. Because it would go on forever otherwise. I could make a case for nearly anything here. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's, it's a really challenging race. Uh, and the fact that Like a Wildfire is now shortened into the price he has, it opens it up to find a lot more horses far more attractive. Um, I guess he had form that didn't look uh, so fantastic before he got back into a field. It, it wasn't quite as strong as this, but he came back in class when he won that race four starts ago before the Inter-Dominion Series, and he won it well in very quick quarters, a 154-4. And you're getting the impression it could be a similar scenario here, but there's slightly more depth here. There's a lot more you know, Inter-Dominion class horses, if you like. Uh, as opposition, but it's the right sort of race for him. I don't begrudge that he's favourite, but he's getting into a price now on what you've seen in the last couple of weeks. Could you have that or not? And and uh, not not at $2.60. He's a must to go in for your quaddies and your exotic plays and all that sort of stuff, but I found it challenging. I wanted to find a horse outside of like a wildfire because I thought he was a little bit of unders, and, and I was still being challenged to do that. I've come up with too fast, too serious, um, simply mm. thinking he's got a good barrier draw for a change. That might make a difference. He can hold up in a prominent position, and I think he can run well. Um, a real gladiators race, this isn't there. Horses that have been around the block many times, horses that we love, they've been around so long, and there's plenty of them with, with winning chances. And, and as you said, nearly all of them have run at least one good race through the Inter-Dominion series, and that's probably what's making it even more difficult. Jellyby Sylvester, it's, oh, I reckon it's flying, and it's form is 076. And I thought to myself the other day, I thought, well, you're probably going to just miss out on the consolation. It'd be a good race for you, but he's in the consolation. He's got a chance. He's $17, but they really, all of them, I think, have got chances here. It's a tough one. I thought when I was doing my tips, I thought, yeah, this is too tough for me. It won't be for Bond. Jason, he'll know. He'll be spot on here. I'll follow his tips. Mine are one, six, three, and 7. I'll give you some confidence with the stat in a moment. We'll go to the news, but um, for those who don't know, Dan Malecki is in love with Magnificent Storm, so much yep. so that any horse who's ever raced around him, ever, ever, ever been out with him on the drink, um, he, he loves. So, Too Fast, Too Serious is here by proxy 
yeah. having competed well with Magnificent Storm. But I've got a very good stat that's going to give you more confidence when we come back from the news about the pole marker. Who, spoiler alert, I think will lead this race. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel on SEN Track. Text us on 0499 736 736. You're on your own, kid. You always have been. Taylor Swift. Um, so too fast, too serious, Deb. Mm. Ten, ten times... In his career, he has uh, led in transit. Eight wins, two placings. I thought he was disappointing night three, and I'm, I think you probably did too. But he's um, – I think he can lead here because there is uh, relatively good gates a bit off the front row, but long trip, um, arduous, brutal campaign. Better be the bomb. I don't think he's going quite as well as he can. Julie B. Sylvester could run the gate but probably won't. Same goes with better call me, like a wildfire. He's not a traditionally quick beginner. The Black Prince could bomb them out yeah. wide, but I don't think they'll. Uh, I don't think they'll take that option. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's a very good case. But I, as I said, I can make a case for all of these. Like yeah. a wildfire is on top, but I, I, I think insanely short. The only thing about him, and you already mentioned uh, when he dropped back in grade uh, for that graduate free for all, he's he, he's very much the. Um, you know those AFL players when they dropped down to VFL level, and I don't mean to be pejorative here because the, the, this is a very strong race, but he tends to get 49 possessions and kick five goals. Yeah. When he just gets away from the elite, doesn't he? He's that kind of horse. He does. And and look, that that's what happened last time when I think clearly he dropped back in class. But this time we think he's dropping back in class. But the truth is there's a lot of horses in this race that have finished in front of him at some stage yeah, through the Inter Dominion. A lot of them. Yeah, I look. The th- I, I'm backing three here. Um, bulletproof boy. I'm, I'm sick for him. I know he's not a, as good a stayer as he's a sprinter, but I tell you what, he, he's still going really, really well. He's going to mind his own business. If they do something silly up front, he can be their torrid saint. I think he's been disrespected by the market as well, given that he's uh, been right around the mark uh, for a long period of time at the top level, and. Uh, well, Alto Orlando's in the mix, clearly. He's flying. But Jillaby Sylvester, you've already mentioned, Dad, like, I can't I, I can't believe how well he's going. Like, he is mm. absolutely flying. Don't worry about the figure form line. This is a Jillaby Sylvester that I didn't believe he could be. So I've gone 6, 11, 12, and 9, but I'll be backing on a 1 by 3 basis, numbers 3, 11, and 12. Now, here's... The, I was going to say the big one. One of the two big ones. I don't want to get the square gating people upset. SEN track, Inter-Dominion Pacing Championship Grand Final at Group 1 level. When the barrier draws were conducted or soon afterward on Monday at Albert Park, I had it in my mind that there might be something truly bizarre going on at the start, that there'd be fireworks, freneticism, <laughs> and uh, we would get a lead time that would um, blow our minds. The further I've excavated... I don't see that happening. I'm, I'm interested in your um, Honolulu Bay, ICAST, No Shadow, Act Now, Spirit of St. Uh, St. Louis philosophies. How's it going to play out early? Yeah, look, if this was a normal race, okay, which is easier said uh, than, than done, obviously, um, you would think that Act Now would probably lead because he's got uh, terrific gate speed, terrific gate speed. 
And and even from that draw, he's still got the gate speed to hold out a horse like Spirit of St. Louis, who's got gate speed, but drawn right side of Acne, I couldn't possibly see how he could lead him. Um, if he'd drawn out a bit wider, it might it might make me think a little bit more. Honolulu Bay's got decent gate speed. I cast no shadow. I cast no shadow. Can definitely come out of the gate, but um, I would fully expect him to take a trail. I don't think a the distance would suit him if he came out running up the start. He'd look to get cover behind the right horse. He mightn't even have to do any work to be truthful. If if it's either Honolulu Bay or Act Now in front, I think Honolulu Bay is a better horse, not in front. Yeah. Um, there's probably not a massive difference, but I would angle that his performances through the Inner Dominion have been when he's been coming with either a mid-race move or really got moving from uh, in the mile race, it was probably the 1300, but the other races, it was mid-race. Uh, so he, he seems to go really well that way. He's got a good barrier draw, which they, they don't have to do anything silly with. I'm sure David Moran would be happy to end up in a good spot, whether that's getting past I Cast No Shadow at the start uh, and settling behind Act Now, uh, or just ending up in a spot which could be 1-1 because you would cons- think that either Spirit of St. Louis might have to work a bit just to get that spot initially outside the leader and potentially end up 1-1 if Expensive Ego pressed on around it. I think Beyond Delight goes back, has to, and I think Bundoran has to go back. The only horse that could be a semi-fly in the ointment and remember, when a fly's in the ointment, it doesn't mean they can't move. They can still move a little bit. They're just restricted. <laughs> and that's Mac Dan because he's drawn. Now, again, this is the scenario that annoys me. Emergency in the field, drawn inside back row. With a presumption it doesn't gain a start, Mac Dan is three on the back row, follows through act now. Mm. Quick beginner front row, mm. quick beginner back row. And he's strong, Mac Dan. He's tough enough to push up, hold a spot. If something's there three wide, he'll keep it there. That's why Spirit of St. Louis might have to work to try to get to the death. Mac Dan could end up being one by three because expensive ego is either going to be three wide, Luke McCarthy going back. I don't think so. And um, he might press on to, to the death seat. So the jostling for positions outside the leader for the one one, for the one by two, uh, will be interesting. I can't see other horses doing it, not in the first lap. Better Eclipse will look to get cover three wide last lap. Pete said so, said Sprinter. I think Zeus Bromac is capable of making a move, but he would be planted three wide. I can't see those horses that I just mentioned allowing him to get to the death seat unless they did a ridiculous amount of work. Naratak Prince is a sit sprinter as well. So um, the most likely horse outside the leader, I would imagine, is Expensive Ego, which makes him vulnerable. He, he has been all the way through the carnival as good as he's been. But that's with Acnow winning. So oh, Sorry, with Acnow leading. Um, and if he does lead, um, I think he can very much be a big chance of being able to win. But if Honolulu Bay uh, stays in the one wide line, then that will actually make it more interesting. I don't think he'll hold that spot, but who is he going to relinquish that spot to? Could it be Mac Dan? Will it be Spirit of St. Louis? Could it be Expensive Ego? And that in itself opens up the pace of the race a little bit more to be not over the top fast, but genuine enough. And each scenario with Act Now leading has got to be an advantage to Act Now. Oh, uh, but. I- yeah. I think Honolulu Bay is better if he doesn't come out of the gate, just come with one run. I still think he can win the race. But Act Now, um, he's got to be... I think he's the right favourite. I I think he's value now. He, so he's drifted. 
because of all the tough talk with Honolulu Bay, Acnow has drifted for no no conceivable reason. So I'm very confident he will be the leader. I cast no shadow. I don't think Cam Hart can take the risk of handing up to Honolulu Bay, even if he half lengths him at the start. Because Honolulu Bay, regardless of what's being said, would be very likely to hand up to Acnow anyway. So Acnow is the very likely leader. A couple of people will look at, um, Gareth even said to me yesterday, uh, uh, I'm not sure Acnow can win because, you know, Bundurin got so close. Here's the thing about Acnow. What Bundurin almost did to Acnow is the only way you can beat him, is by bombing him. Like, yeah. co- coming so fast where he can't see you. When we see this with thoroughbreds, we've watched, you know, for so many years, Dan, there's these horses, aren't there, that if you can bomb them unbelievably quickly somehow from nowhere, you might be able to beat them. But you look at a yeah. horse like Acnow and you go back to that four- and five-year-old championship with a really good horse like Better Eclipse who goes up. But Acnow, if he sees you, <laughs> he'll, yeah. he'll, he'll I, I just spoke you. with Jody yesterday and exactly that, that was her thought. She said he was so wide on the track, the horse didn't see him. She reckons that he's really tough. Once yeah. he eyeballs another horse, he gives. He he finds again, and that was evident the night he beat Better Eclipse. Remember when Better Eclipse loomed up? Looked like he had him that's cold. The one, and, that's sort of, that, that's, that's yeah. what I was re- referencing. That you know yeah. he he's. I mean, I'm thinking of there's there's a bit of northerly there, isn't there? It's it's yeah. like you you can get close, but the only way you can beat me is you, if you come so fast right on the line that I don't see you coming, and that's and. Bundurin nearly pulled it off, but I think we shouldn't look at that as, oh, Agnell almost got beaten because go another 300 metres and Agnell, if he saw Bundurin, would just keep fighting and kicking. And the times that he's run and the strength and the um, intestinal fortitude, he's just, he's a really good horse. He's a proper Grand Circuit horse. He's a proper Inter-Dominion horse. And I'll tell you what, I'd back him now because I feel like the swing is going to go back the other way. And yeah. you won't get three dollars, three dollars twenty. Uh, I think you're right. I, yeah. I think you're spot on. I just had a look at the prices before, and considering like this is an end of the grand final, it seems yeah. ridiculous to be truthful. Two twenty five open, then drift to three twenty. I'm not saying he'll firm into two twenty five, but I agree with you. I I think he'll he'll be two dollars something. He'll firm up again. Honolulu Bay can probably stay solid, but horse like Expensive Ego, who's a seven dollar shot, he might drift out to double figures. I see MacDan. I couldn't believe he was the price he was earlier on yeah. in the week. He's been found now. He's into seven fifty, which is about his right price. Um, I think Emma Stewart can win this uh, race, um, and she's got a strong enough hand. It's probably easier said. I couldn't really split Honolulu Bay and Act now, um, and I still can't. But I, the more that we've talked about it, the more I'm sort of warming around to Act now. But also with Act now in front, I think Honolulu Bay is a better chance when he's not leading. I think he's a length and a half better when he just comes with one rung because he's so strong for the last 13 or 400 metres of his races. He's been winning softly. Acknow had a harder run last week. Clear, he ran much faster time. He, he overdid it mid-race. He didn't capitulate, though. That's the thing. He was still strong through the line. And I reckon Clayton and Emma had him just a little bit too fresh. And they know whatever they did, not what to do. I, I find it a compliment to their training that a horse like Acknow could get so keen and be so fresh in his third run yeah. within a week. Yeah, yeah. I, I look upon it the glass half full. Um, so he, he, I wanted to take him on at 225 because I thought he doesn't deserve to be that short. 
Um, but 320 now, it's looking attractive. Oh, very attractive. I'm, I'm with him clearly on top. 3-2, and 6 for me. Um, I was going to say MacDan is a value, but he's now exactly the price that I marked him, $7.50. So 3 two, eleven, and 6 And couldn't agree more that Honolulu Bay, and I've believed this for a long time, is a much, much better horse uh, when he does nothing at the start. The, the one that's now at crazy odds as we go to a break is better Eclipse. Now, yep. you probably can't win, but $34 is utterly disrespectful for a horse is when a chariot's a fire at a sunshine sprint at group one level um, in this calendar year. We'll come back and talk about the virtual inter-dominion trotting consolation called the Sundons Give Trotters Free For All on the Friday form panel in just a moment. Welcome back to the Friday form panel on SEN Track. Text us on 0499 736 736. Maybe we're just trying too hard when really Bit more emo there from Tom Bang. He loves it. He absolutely loves it. He's what? Is that some some forty one? The the lead singer of that was with Avril event, which, so I don't like him. Right, race eight is the Inter Dominion <laughs> Trotting Constellation <laughs> called the Skater Boy. <laughs> I um. Uh, it was great doing the video with Gareth uh, yesterday. And I said, Sundon's gift. And he goes, Sundon's gift's not in it. Sundon's carriage. And I was like, no, it's called, Gareth, it's called the Sundon's gift. Trotters free for all. Um, really interesting race. All the classes off the second row virtually. But you've just got naughty rogue children everywhere here. And you've got to pick yeah. between them, Dan. Yeah, that's a good point. And, and who knows, some that are tied over the top. A lot of horses that have run... Uh, well, you know, a horse like Zara, even Leanne Leanne, Zara, yeah. their performances have actually been pretty good through the series. And I wonder if even in a race like this, that they might have some sort of a chance. It, it's a very open race. There's no doubt about that. Um, I, I wasn't um, too sure which was the best way to go. Again, emergency in the field if it gets a run. What I was only going to tip a lot of muscle is certainly the best each way of the night, um, maybe even the best better than night if you thought it was going to be behind the leader. But and it, it may well be, but um, I think it's the horse to beat. Its run last up was terrific. The two horses that it, it chased home, uh, it was excellent. It wasn't far from them. So eight on top, six Adele. Adele's one of those horses that you're referring to. Um, one overall, much better last week, but was also well held just the same. And uh, an 11 powder kick, terrific run last week, but how do you trust it like you do a lot of others? There's a pretty open race, even race. It's a good race, 8, 6, 9, 11. So my best roughie of the night is here, Brandlow Prince. I thought he was excellent on night two. And then it's funny because he was a rogue at the start, uh, made an early indiscretion on night three of the ID series. But if you had to go to war with any of the second row runners here, um, I'd go to war with him before I'd go to war with one overall powder keg, Chinese Whisperer or Sundance Carriage in yeah. terms of will he do something wrong. I, I think that was an odd... Um, errant, unusual indiscretion. So I, I, I just think he's absolutely flying. He can balance up, progress forward and put himself in the race nice and early here, whereas a couple of these others off the second row, uh, I'm not sure whether that will be the case. On absolute ability, Powder Keg is, well, he's top class, but he's just so, he rarely ever puts it together, but he, he's teased and seduced us now with a great run on night three. So he goes in, a lot of muscle, yes. But I'm worried that Vacation Hill, even if it holds up, something might crush it. So that's my concern for a lot of muscle, that um, 
it might be held up here. It looks like a great draw yeah. on paper, but I'm not sure it'll quite work out that way. I can't believe Vacation Hill's 550. I mean, I wouldn't take money from Donald Trump and back uh, Vacation Hill at $5.50. It just can't happen. And... Um, and then for fourth, I've got uh, I've got one overall who, again, just sort of teased us by improving on night three. We know he's a really good horse, but uh, most of these are untrustworthy. Chinese whispers in the same boat. I'm backing Brandlow Prince each way. Race number nine. Uh, only Emma Stewart knows. I mean, the, Hector, Cloud Nine, and his ideal are all progressive types, aren't they? I think one's clearly much better than the others. One's be, clearly much better. It's a six. He's ideal. Clearly. Yeah. Group. A horse that can get to group one level. Um, yeah. You go on with what you're saying. Sorry, I didn't mean to interject. No, no. You. I, I totally. I, I, I hear you. When, when I first looked at the race, I just thought, he's ideal. He's got these absolutely covered. He's. He's just a bit of a funny horse. And you talk about the cadence of um, paces and trotters. He's just. He's a little bit worrying with a couple of the. Um, he's not. The, he's he's far from the complete package. I think if he was, he'd brain these for ability. But um, my little concern is that he does a little bit of work to find the front, and then he rolls along and he lets maybe a horse like Hector beat him. But um, I'm worried because you're you're going to tell me that his ideal should be a buck fifty here. Yeah, yeah, it should be. Uh, look, you know, you look on sometimes a negative first and the fact that it hasn't raced for a little while, it was a massive run in that Yarra Valley Pacing Cup. Look at the horses that were around him that day. Um, Torrid Saints competed well through the Inner Dominion, in fact, all the way through his career. Uh, it was a massive run. He took that step up and he, he made a mistake. It was his own doing, but it was a super run. And he's had that break since. Trained by Emma Stewart, you just wonder if there was a little bit of a problem, whatever it might have been. But they get their horses hard and fit. And he's a good horse. I think we'll look back in time and think, wow, against these horses, he was just much too good. Cosimo came out of that same race and, and performed really well, but still couldn't beat his ideal, who galloped and lost 50 metres. So his ideal is the one for me. Um, uh, clearly the one for me. It, it should be $1.50. Uh, if it went the other way, I'd have concerns because... That would be a worry with where his fitness might be at. Hector's a good horse. Cloud Nine's a good horse. His ideal's a very good horse. We, six, two, four, and five. Two, six, three, and four. We'll go for a break. Quickly come back and we'll have about 45 seconds for the last race. And best bet, stick with us Friday form panel. Welcome back to the Friday form panel on SEN Track. Text us on 0499 736 736. Welcome back for the last 40 seconds. Um, tips in the final race of the Inter-Dominion Carnival and your best bets, please, at Dan Malecki. Um, five, Kiang Silvani. Eight, Box of Chocolates. Three, Magic Mike. Seven, Rocking Bugatti. Five, eight, three, seven. My best race, nine, number six. He's ideal. Each way, race one, horse number three, Serge Blanco. I'm going eight, seven, three, and four in the last. And you have such a power over me, Dan. I am... I'm going to switch and back he's ideal now to study even though I've tipped Hector because when get you, on now when you declare them with that confidence um, that was Mac Dan like uh, my best bet on the card is Julia Shadow in the first I like Longfellow at a price and Brownlow Prince best Ruffy can't wait for tomorrow night see you out there Dan look forward to it thanks Jason au revoir enjoy the rest of your Friday and make sure to tune into to trotsvisionracing.com for the Inter-Dominion Files tomorrow night